Welcome to Of Note. In this four-part mini-series, we're having candid conversations with investors and leaders around the state of South Carolina about the one thing at the top of every entrepreneur's mind, funding. This week, Laura McIntosh discusses with Kyle Salazar of Three Phase SC and Matt Bell of SCRA about the opportunities surrounding public funding in South Carolina. Over to Laura. Listeners, I am super excited about this topic of sort of what I'll just kind of call tech development funds because um, I don't know what else to call them. But we have with us today Kyle and Matt, who are with two different organizations, but are both part of valuable programs to help early stage businesses actually help de-risk their technology even before they're ready for an angel or VC group. Uh, so just sort of give you all some overview. You know, Kyle Zalazar, he works with Three Phase, a free service for small businesses and entrepreneurs around South Carolina pursuing small business innovation and small business technology transfer grants, which we'll get into a lot deeper here shortly. And this is actually a program sponsored by my office. But along with that, he has spent more than a decade in small business organization development, management, and financial strategy, and several years of sort of the tech commercialization at the University of South Carolina. Matt Bell, he's new to the state, but his organization is very not. Matt is the director of SC Launch, um, which is the equity investment affiliate of the South Carolina Research Authority, or SCRA. We've talked a lot about them on past episodes of Of Note. They invest in C-stage startup projects within South Carolina, but Matt has been in the early stage investment commercialization practice for 20 years. And I, I like this phrase that you've used that there's probably 20 plus university based startups that have your fingerprints all over them. I wish I knew that. I, I feel like I've been doing this for a long time. How many startups have my quote fingerprints on them? I love that. But he's also been involved with the venture capital space and has some expertise in med tech, but his real passion and depth is in ag tech. Thanks for being with us, guys. Thanks for having us, Laura. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having us on. Let's sort of just dive right into this topic around, like I said, tech development funds and and more specifically, some, some grant-making capabilities. So, Matt, I'll let you go first. Let's talk about, like I said, I feel like most small businesses are super familiar with SC Launch. But let's talk about SCRA's sort of grant-making capabilities. Yeah, SCRA, you know, in its, in its primary mission is economic development, um, but it's through the innovation and commercialization and adoption of tech. And if you think of that in its broadest sense, you're talking about academic technologies, you're talking about the translational elements, which usually are startups in our de-risking and figuring out how to make things work. Um, and then you've got, you know, large corporates who are adopting or buying uh, a lot of these technologies and integrating them into their systems. SCRA kind of covers that whole gambit. Um, we specifically focus upon economic development through tech development, tech commercialization, tech innovation. We do it through grant, early stage grant programs, working directly with academic institutions here within South Carolina, as well as with uh, within the entrepreneurial world, uh, which is the area I focus upon, and startups. And we do some grant making mechanisms in that area as well. And we do some... Uh, uh, grants also working directly with industry, both helping them to uh, identify and adopt technology, but also to uh, potentially relocate uh, into South Carolina, which fulfills some of the economic development mission as well. So we, we cover the full gambit in terms of grant programs and 
as I look at my list here, you know, there's three, four, five, six, seven, there's eight different grant programs that we actively run across the, the, the entire organization. And we do probably about 2.4 million in grants awarded last year, in addition to about 2.5 million in equity funding last year. So uh, we, we do quite a bit of quite a bit of work in the space. For simplicity and for this audience, you know, who are sort of the ideal candidates for these? Maybe both the academic side of it and some of I'll say the non-academic affiliated um, startups. What are you looking for with these grant programs? Yeah, for the you know they're, they're different different audiences, different groups, but uh, to zero in on your question for the academic groups, you know, really the focus for our teams are around technology, trying to exit the university and trying to make an impact on the, on the outside world. We run four different granting programs in that area. Some focus on SBI or STTR, which I think is largely attributable to your program as well, in terms of we have probably one of the most complete SBI or STTR programs in the state against any state in the country with with the phase one, phase two granting programs. But we do phase one grants. We focus on grants that focus on academic startups. We've got a 25K grant in that area. We do prototyping grants to help with developing a technology to a uh, implementation stage off campus. If you've been involved with university research, typically uh, most of that research is focused on very uh, basic publication-bound type activities. And you know, grants like this and support programs like these support the application of that into the real world and the business world, I should say. And um, that's really the focus of the prototype grants. And then the um, collaborative research grant, we do a large collaborative research grant about every Current one is FY21 through 23, so it's a few years, but it's a, intended to create alliances between our universities and to, grit, to get translational type activities going on. And for anyone who's been involved with early stage innovation and academics from a commercialization stage, typically the best ideas come from translation where you've got two different groups of expertise coming together and solving problems, and that's really the focus for that one. For our entrepreneurship grants, again, within my program, we have two grants. One focuses upon the development of the technology. We call it a project development fund. It's a smaller grant just for very, very early stage founder-focused companies. These, these would be companies that are typically you know, one or two employees and just trying to get off the ground and get their idea vetted in the marketplace a little bit. And then an accelerator grant, which is a slightly larger grant at 50K, which really focuses upon that first attempt to figure out what the market fit is. So getting out, getting your first sale, starting to interact with the marketplace. Again, very, very early stage uh, companies there. As we move beyond that, you know, we do get into equity investments, which would be now you're starting to get into a, a, an established company with an established marketplace and, and doing some things there. But for the grant programs, it's really intended for companies that are at that pre-investment phase that are that are starting to work their way towards an investment, um, a larger investment. And then for industry, you know, it could be any South Carolina company of any size. Uh, we help with, again, innovation, identification and adoption. We do a demonstration grant, which really helps with that type of activity. And uh, obviously the relocation grants, as I mentioned, uh, we've got a couple of companies we're talking to right now about relocating back into the state. They're looking at South Carolina from the standpoint of plugging into the supply chain or into the universities or into the talent that's here. You know, there's a variety of reasons why they're coming, but uh, we're involved with that as well. So now let's let's jump over to Kyle, because I feel like our listeners are probably tired of hearing me talk about the SBIR funding because I talk about it. At least it seems like 
once per season. So now they get to hear it from somebody else. So Kyle, let's talk about not only just three phase, but maybe even like what are SBIRs, you know, and, and how of course does three phase support businesses go through that process. And then from there, you know, we'll, we'll allow you, the both of you sort of converge, to talk more about sort of these special funds and, and, our, and, and you're right, Matt, sort of, you know, South Carolina's new positioning of sort of this full breadth of support that we do uniquely have here. So, so Kyle, let's talk about three phase. And for those that don't understand it, what is SBIR funding? Yeah, so I'll start with kind of the broader overview of uh, the quick bullets of what SBIR and STTR funding are. They're they're non-dilutive funds uh, that 11 federal agencies that do research and development are are congressionally mandated to put funding towards each year. So in the neighborhood of 3% of their R&D budgets. Um, So we're talking about $2.5 billion a year annually from these 11 federal agencies that are specifically earmarked for small business research and development. So the nice part about the non-dilutive side is it means that the small businesses get to retain all of their equity and they get to retain all the intellectual property rights to the work that they're doing. So in that sense, they're grant funds from the federal agencies that are coming to help those small businesses develop and de-risk their technology. So it's broken out. The the Fed's considered to be broken out into three stages. Uh, There's phase one, which is really a feasibility stage. So it's funding anywhere in the neighborhood of fifty to $250,000 for six to 12 months. I think the average uh, funding for a phase one award is about $150,000. It is really to to do proof of concept research. So, you know, taking things from ideation into, is it feasible? Is this going to be a product into a market where we can actually gain traction? Um, the downside about free money being on the table is that it is highly competitive. So there, you know, the national funding rate for phase ones is in the neighborhood of 15% in any given year, which um, seems like an uphill battle. But when, you know, part of the, the benefit that the three phase team and all of the resources in South Carolina bring is that we, you know, have a, a broad group of people who have been doing this for a long time. So we know the right questions to ask of the entrepreneurs and small businesses to help make them as competitive as possible in this field. Um Assuming companies achieve the phase one, moving into phase two, the funding competitive rate jumps up a little bit uh, just because you're you're competing against companies that have already been granted a phase one award. So the phase two is really geared towards product development. It's about a two-year grant fund, and the the, the typical budget is anywhere in the $750,000 to $1.7 million. Um, what we typically see is around a million to $1.2 million over the course of the two years. And that's really geared towards product development and moving, you know, de-risking the technology to move towards the commercialization opportunities and, and moving it into the marketplace. So you think in phase two, it's typically product validation. If you think of phase one as kind of the MVP development and flushing out your idea, phase two is really reducing the concept and then kicking the tires, making sure that you've gotten the, the validations in place, you've done the testing to advance the product to market. So once you get beyond that, you're talking, you know, anywhere in the two and a half to three years range in, in federal funding at that point. Um, phase 2B is an, an opportunity that a few of the federal agencies offer, which is a one-to-one match with private dollars. Uh, so sometimes they'll take in revenues of the companies as considered for the match funding. But it's a continuation of the non-dilutive aspect from the federal side. So, you know, if you want to zoom out and think about it, you basically can get a dollar for dollar match on equity, which means you're giving up about 50% of the equity for 
100% of the dollars from from the federal agency, which is, you know, it, it comes at a crucial time for most companies and most startups, because this is that point where you have a product and you have validation, but you maybe still feel, you know, some of the private investors may still feel that you're a bit unsettled for private investment. So it can be an additional fund of dollars to help push you down that commercialization pathway and start eliciting some private investment for folks. And then phase three isn't really grant dollars any longer, but it can be a vehicle to commercialization through contracts or federal procurement orders from federal agencies. So the nice thing about SBIR and STTR funding is that there are multiple cycles throughout the year where, depending on what agency you're targeting of the 11 that participate in this program, they have a lot of different cycles and they have a lot of different opportunities to go after funding. And that's really kind of where the three-phase program comes in. You know, Laura, you mentioned the three phases kind of offering of your office. It it is um, funded through the Department of the South Carolina Department of Commerce. And what we exist to do is be a free resource to walk alongside companies and entrepreneurs through this application process. So two of our partners in the three-phase program have run SBIR-funded companies for a number of years. So they know, you know, from, from beginning to end what that life cycle looks like. Our goal is really to be partners in the application process. We have templates for all of the agencies because, you know, going after free money is not the easiest process in any sense. And especially so from the federal perspective, there are a lot of hoops to jump through. There's a lot of requirements to make sure that you have a successful application. And that's what we aim to do. Part of it is, you know, really anything that, that companies need going through this process. In addition to templates, we have a lot of experience and, and contacts in in South Carolina and then kind of in the region more broadly to help build partnerships and build teams uh, to make the proposals as competitive as possible. Different agencies look for different things. And that's part of the benefit of us being around for so long is that we have some insight into what the National Science Foundation is looking for in applicants versus the National Institutes of Health and, you know, Department of Energy And all of the different agencies have their own mandates and they run their programs independently. So we bring the expertise of having sat across a lot of these proposals to provide as much value to the companies as we can. Um, And sometimes it's as small as helping tweak the language in a support letter because that can be really crucial in the application from the review panel's perspective. And so those are just the kind of insights that we bring to the conversation for folks. And then, you know, the final thing that I'll mention in, in kind of our overview is that three phases in its fourth year of operation And with some award notifications that have just happened, our client companies have just crossed the $20 million award threshold from SBIR funding. So we just found that that out last week. Yeah, and it's very exciting. So uh, we're we're excited to keep it pushing. That's right. I know you've been sitting on that fact for like a few days now, just like wanting to like bomb that at me on this recording. (laughs) I think for the morning and I was like, I could send Laura a note, but it will be more fun to just like let it loose. Uh, no, I, I, I appreciate you held back on me there. Uh, so I think, you know, again, I think what I would iterate with, and not that by any means I am the SBIR expert at all, but I think, you know, Matt, this is something you all probably experience it. And well, one, that the SBIR program is not necessarily limited to academic startups, right? Mm-hmm. It really is for any small business that has heavily research-backed technology. Is that a good yeah. summary you two can sort of agree on? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So... Yeah. You know, but but due to that, they are highly popular with the academic startup scene because, you know, they're they're already so accustomed to grant writing to have funded their basic research. Do you feel like there's a shock? And maybe this is something that, Matt, you all experience, even with your grant applications, you have for the matching process, right? Do you, do you feel like there's sort of a culture shock in terms of 
this is a very different type of application than what I'm accustomed to doing. And, and, do, and, you know, how do you help them sort of navigate that experience of this is now really about asking me market viability and not so much about the research per se. So just talk about maybe about that, that angle of it. It's, it's a different kind of grant. Yeah, I mean, it's in my mind, it's a shock if it's a, a an academic startup coming in simply for the reasons you talked about. It, there's all these questions that you're hitting me with that I'm not trained to answer or have a full understanding of what it is that you're asking me to do, which is the market dynamics most of the time. Most of the time, you know, these these early stage innovation projects really need to bring in someone with some business expertise to really flesh that out. I think one thing I would really zero in on here is um, with this conversation, yes, there are a lot of grant programs being offered here through SCRA or through three-phase, but really you get uh, two organizations here who also support the grant in other ways. And I think that's really important. Getting into the ecosystem, understanding who's been there, done that, who can help you put together your best foot or your best grant for that application. And that's probably a really critical aspect of this. There are many programs out there that have demonstrated a, a significant increase in, in success rate. And I think that's something we're all shooting for here. And I think it's something that uh, anyone applying for these grants needs to, needs to do. Um, I think also, you know, if you're a startup coming into this and not an academic company, but maybe a tech startup doing an SBIR, STTR, there's also probably a little bit of a shock as well because you've got, you know, USDA grants and, and NIH grants, and there's there's all these different types of programs in there. And, okay, how do I navigate all of that? And uh, again, you know, the ecosystem's here. You just got to plug into it, figure out, you know, how do, how do I do this? And how do I do it well? And how do I do it successfully? Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, to Matt's point, one of the things, I think there's always that that learning curve on either side, right? If you're coming in from the academic side, it's the, the business acumen that, that Matt mentioned. And it's also the way you frame these things, right? Because you're, at this point, if it's an academic startup that's coming out of the university, and the faculty member from the university setting is used to writing research grants, right? So it's about helping tell the story and helping craft the story from the small business's perspective, which is, you know, folks in academic research positions have spent their years in research. They oftentimes are PhDs, MDs who practice as well, but have spent their time building these research portfolios. So it's about how to transition that knowledge in that space. And what I find most beneficial there is just knowing the right questions to ask, right? Like, how is this going to X, Y, Z? And then being able to pull out the knowledge that's already in their heads, but help craft it in a way that is more astute from the business perspective to help put that framing in the application, because that's what the review panels are going to expect to see from the SBIR and SCTR perspective. And it's, I think you're, you're, it's key to know that these review panels are, you know, I used to be an SBIR review panelist for uh, USDA, so I don't have a PhD. So, you know, a lot of academics need to understand that you're not pitching to other academics, which is their typical protocol. It's going to be people who are, are probably more in, in the tech area or the adoption area than the, than the, than the research area that's going to review these. And I think on, on the backside of that, the small businesses that have innovative technology that they're trying to to get SBIR funding or other grant funding for, seeing where the validation side comes in, right? Just because it's a great idea doesn't mean that it's going to attract the funding. It's got to then be validated and pushed ahead. So sometimes it's the opposite aspect of, of they have the very business heavy and, and you know the commercialization heavy plan and then how to partner that with a research institution so that they have some 
PhDs or MDs or researchers on the backside who have done research in that area and can provide the validation. So that way, you know, the, the ultimate goal from, from the three-phase perspective is creating that well-rounded team that has the business acumen and the research acumen so that you can put together a really complete and competitive application that goes to whatever agency it is you're, you're trying to elicit the funding from, um, but in the most comprehensive way possible and helping to, you know, our goal, Tyler, Ron, and my goal is always to help pull out what parts are missing and then figure out how we can help nudge the companies in that direction. And sometimes that's giving a list of information saying, here's some folks you may want to track down. And sometimes it's us making cold calls to people be like, Hey, we work with this program that's working with this other group. Do you have 20 minutes? And usually, you know, we have to make a few of those to, to get somebody to say yes, but we'll always find somebody. And then from there, it's at least an inroad into how to, how to make progress. And I, I can vouch for that. I don't remember what random email Tyler sent me. Tyler's a member of the three-phase team. But he, he was looking, he's like, do you know somebody in this and this and this space? I was like, I have no idea, but let me ask a few of my yeah. colleagues. It was a very specific niche area. Yeah. And, and I think here's, here's sort of to me why these funds are so important is... Again, they are non-dilutive, right? But really, to me, what they're about is, more importantly, de-risking the technology so that they're really prepared for raising funds that they really will need in the future. So I think from that, you know, I wanted to give you that, that chance to sort of talk about that journey that maybe founders can experience with you all having first going through maybe several cycles under SCRA yeah. of, of grant funding and then sort of that rationale of why and sort of that ultimate goal of setting them up for potential consideration for SC launch. You know, the program was specifically set up to, to be able to work with entrepreneurs or academic startups focusing on those two groups at any level. So, you know, if you're a first time founder, you're coming into the ecosystem and you're trying to understand how this whole thing of entrepreneurism works and how to de-risk and what that means and how to set your milestones and your path forward and, and execute at a high level. You know, the, the, the program's set up so that there's small amounts of funding available to you to just get off the ground and get running. And the intent is for us to work with you to understand those things I just said, what they mean and how important they are for you in terms of moving them forward. It's important that you have a clear idea as to, you know, where you want to go and what you want to do and how you're going to use this funding for that. Because the, the challenge most entrepreneurs have, not all entrepreneurs, is there's never enough funding to move the project forward, right? Irregardless of whether you're a, an early stage company or a company that's already raised, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20 million, there's just never seems to be enough. So being efficient with that capital is really critical. And this is a chance to get in, get a small amount of money and and figure it out and learn. And again, tapping into the ecosystem. Uh, we, we try very hard on our side to be tapped into the ecosystem here in South Carolina and to bring resources to bear beyond just the funding because it, the funding is just a small part of it. If you're a later stage entrepreneur, though, and you you don't necessarily need you know that that level of training or that level of uh, expertise or even networking side of it, you know we're still a group to work with. We're still a group that has later stage programs, equity funding, for example, and we still are a group that is well tied into a lot of the investment uh, groups uh, here in the the southeast region. So. These things are really powerful. I mean, you know, you're only talking 25K at the beginning and 50K and then potentially up to, you know, a few hundred thousand for the equity investment. But 
for our group, the number that we're proud of that we just learned is that we topped over a hundred million in follow-on funding this year for for wow. our investments. So That's great. Um, it's the first time we've ever done it, and it's a big number, and it shows the impact of this type of investment within the state. And you start to tie that in with three phase, and you tie that in with Venture South and a lot of these other groups, and that number grows even more. So the impact of these early stage funding mechanisms can be pretty powerful within the state. Uh, if, if we get, a, you know, people really getting plugged into them, get them using them. I keep wishing there was a way to make like virtual confetti happen on the screen, like zoom all these, like, just to make it more exciting since you can't have that excitement in person right now. Um, anyways, I've, I've actually always sort of wondered this, but so there's SCRA that has its own grant making kit uh, mechanisms that we talked a lot about on this episode, but then there's the sidecar fund, which is called SC Launch and has its own review board and best practices and things like that. And I guess, what do you feel like, you know, when, when, when that review committee is looking at deal flow and they're mm-hmm. looking at a, a, a specific deal, what is usually that key thing that keeps a, a, an entrepreneur from making it through that phase? For, for the equity side of the yeah, equation? Yeah, the equity side. Yep. Yeah, it is an investment process that we once we switch to the equity side, we we do act like investors. And there's a couple of reasons for it. We're we're trying to create a sustainable fund that can be maintained over a long time frame. So that the, the dream of all of us is that in 15, 20 years, this fund's still in place and still active. And right now the fund is positive in terms of its return on investment. We want to keep it that way. So that means we have to have some fiscal discipline in the way that we invest. So we we want to see projects that are that have potential and have the ability to attract follow-on funding. You know, for us, we're a smaller seed stage investor. So, you know, the amount of capital we're putting in is typically going to move the company forward a little bit, but not to the level that it, it it's going to achieve its success. So what we're really looking for are companies that can attract follow-on capital from other investors and can start to get into larger multiples of investment and lead to the hiring of more people and the adoption of the tech faster at a faster rate and can attract uh, more partners you know, for the commercialization of that technology. And then most importantly, attract a customer base that creates its own sustainability for the company. So so we see ourselves as a small bit player at the very beginning, maybe a critical bit player, but you know we're really looking for companies that have that potential to grow and to succeed. And uh, a lot of that has to do with the management teams that, that are built as this company evolves. So to really answer your question, we're looking for companies that have some momentum, some companies that have, are starting to put together a, a good management team, and that's something we can help with. And a company that literally can attract capital to it as it goes forward and have that impact. It's it's part of the reason why the the hundred million uh, follow-on funding number I just gave is there is because we we had a number of companies that were able to achieve that successfully and and hopefully will continue to do so. So I feel like you teed up for me perfectly some exciting other exciting recent news in the state as it relates to follow-on funding. Uh, so South Carolina has recently announced its first phase to be matching fund, which I know, Kyle, you talked a little bit about earlier when you were talking about sort of the overall SBIR journey. But let's let's talk about this fund because it's it just hit the news probably about like two or three weeks ago. Let's just let's just break that down. You know, what is it? How is it going to work? You know, what, what should founders know about it sort of in these earlier, and I would even call it sort of experimental stages since, yeah. you know, the state's never had one before. It's not as established as SC Launch where it has very, you know, outline rules and goals and expectations. But Kyle, talk to me. Let's talk about the phase, the SBR phase to be matching fund. 
Yeah, sure. So um, I mentioned earlier the the Phase Two B program from the federal agency side is for companies who have gotten funded through a Phase Two award. Uh, so at that point, they've typically received a Phase One award, a Phase Two award, and we're talking, you know, in the neighborhood of. to $2 million total funding over about a three-year time span. So the the Phase 2B program from the federal perspective is they offer a one-to-one match for continued non-dilutive funding from the federal side. So what they typically expect, and it differs by agency, of course, because they all have their own programs and they do their own things. But typically, uh, it's you know an established amount of money, half a million dollars, a million dollar capital raise from the company's perspective that is then matched with federal dollars to continue the de-risking process and advance the technology into commercialization. So the South Carolina Department of Commerce and through their partners, Jetta and the Palmetto State Growth Fund, have put together a fund of money to offer in the neighborhood of $100,000 of equity investment into companies that are pursuing the phase 2B matching funds. So the goal there, you know, much like Matt, your your comments earlier, the goal really is to help companies that are really early stage, but may want to start the journey of equity raise to continue moving forward as sort of a a state-sponsored way of saying, we're, we're ready for this. We're in the right place, right? So the, the goal of the program is really to have these companies go through a due diligence process uh, from the three-based team side, after which we'll put together either a go or no-go funding decision and make that recommendation to Jetta and Palmetto State Growth Fund. And their boards of directors will decide and, and make the equity investment offers to the companies of you know that neighborhood of $100,000. So if you're looking at most of the federal agencies, they're... Uh, Phase 2B programs are significantly higher than $100,000, so it really is that first step in the process. Our goal from setting up this fund and from putting it uh, in play is to be sort of a first step along that private equity journey. So, you know, the opportunity is to have small businesses that are ready to move into that that next phase have an entity like Three Phase and Jetta, Palmetto State Growth Fund, and you know ultimately the South Carolina Department of Commerce putting a check mark on the company and saying we've done a lot of work with this group and they're ready to move forward. We we as a group and as as you know a bunch of groups are convinced that they are at the place where it's safe and a really good investment for private capital groups around South Carolina and the Southeast to inject capital into these groups and help them obtain additional non-dilutive funding. This is so big because, you know, I talked about the the importance of, of cash being the, the lifeblood of these companies as they move forward and how hard it is for these companies in this early stage. It's why they call it the valley of death, right? Exactly. You've got in place here, just in the conversation we've had, funding at every level from yeah. the you know, early stage idea all the way to the point where you're starting to put your founding team together and you're starting to go after your Series A funding. You know, with all of these resources from these different entities, the funding's there, you know, figuring out how to navigate them and how to make them work for you and to figure out how to develop a plan and a, pro- a project that... Uh, has the ability to attract the final stage of that funding. Uh, it, it, it's it's exciting to see it all here. Yeah, your your boss Matt pointed out to me. I had not done. I think my focus has been so much on the past couple of years, just getting the fund launched that I hadn't taken a chance to like step back and look at it more comprehensively across other states. And you know, he pointed out, and I'm thankful he did. You know, that we're now one of only eight states that really does offer this continuum from an yep. SBIR standpoint of, of matching funds that helps really that company progress along the way. Yep. And and like I said, ultimately, hopefully setting themselves up for an SC launch investment and or investments through our other, you know, Southeastern or you don't have to be, you know, 
capital is now a global market. And I think especially during the pandemic here, it's a global market. So really the state backing and putting behind, you know, dollars to help really ultimately help them go raise those private rounds that inevitably they will need if the technology survives, they'll inevitably need. So I guess for the sake of, of our audience, you know, where do they start with, with both of you? I know you've got different resources that overlap with each other, which is what makes them great and why it's a, a messy thing that we call an ecosystem. But for Kyle, like how can, where, where should small businesses start with you? Yeah, I think the easiest place to start is our website, as is everybody's probably easiest place to start. It's threephasesc.com. There's a little application button at the bottom. Uh, you can fill it out and ask us a bunch of questions that will help us as the Three Phase team get oriented to your company, what you're trying to do, what market you're trying to be in. Uh, and then from there, we typically set up a phone call and have a much deeper discussion and figure out if we can help you apply for an SBIR, what the right agency may be, what the timing looks like, and kind of where you are in that process. Um, but yeah, the first stage is really just reaching out and let's have a conversation. For us, it's um, scra.org. It is also our website. Um, we do have teams that, as I said, are focused on the industry side, teams that are focused on the academic side, and teams that are focused on the entrepreneurial side, but we interact with each other a great deal. We pass information and, and projects back and forth. Um, feel free to approach any of us, including myself, if you've got questions or if you're looking for support with a specific endeavor, um, and we will try to plug you in. And um, as I said, uh, to start this, you know, there's a larger and broader ecosystem behind us. So I think the three of us connected is a great thing on this call, but we also uh, have each other's ecosystems tied together here and we can quickly uh, ass assist with that as well. Thanks, guys. Listeners, I hope I have helped shed some light on either a funding opportunity to know existed or helped you even entertaining these type of funds for whatever you're working on in your setting. Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate and review. Join us on LinkedIn or Facebook at Scribble Innovation. And don't forget, sign up for our newsletters. Special thanks to my co-host, Laura McIntosh, the Managing Director of the South Carolina Department of Commerce's Office of Innovation. I'm Joseph Nother, co-founder of Design Sensory and PopFizz. Additional thanks to our team, producer and editor, Hunter Foster, sound engineers, Mike Deering and Samuel Thomas, Original music by Matt Honkinen, with additional support from Tia Nelson, Sarah Plemons, Ronnie Wilson, Robin Hendricks, and Lexi Williams. <laughs>